Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It all happened on a Sunday night 10 years ago, March 17, 2013, South Albany, Georgia. Two 20-year-old men, William Bugeye Davis and Desmond Williams, are hanging out with friends on Willard Road in a rough section of town. They're members of the Blood Gang, lieutenants on the Pimp Squad clique. Williams is wearing an ankle monitor. He's currently out on bond, charged with two counts of aggravated assault. He was part of a shooting on Patriot Drive in which a man was shot and a house riddled with bullets. Davis had just pleaded guilty to assault for his connection to a shooting outside a high school. So, a couple of bad dudes. At around 9.45 p.m., a car turns down Willard. The windows are down. As the car approaches Davis and Williams, the men inside open fire. Both Davis and Williams are shot dead. A baby that was also on the property was shot as well, but survived. Somewhere around 50 bullets were fired, and then the assailants fled. Police detectives canvassed the neighborhood and interviewed witnesses, but many were too afraid to help. But eventually they narrowed their suspects to a group of men from the rival Westside Rattlers gang. Seven months after the shootings, they arrested four men. That would be Harold Hicks, Jawaski Kennedy... Desmond Warren, and Maurice Jimerson. Each man was charged with felony murder and sent to prison to await trial. In 2017, Desmond Warren and Harold Hicks were found not guilty and released. Jawaski Kennedy was found not guilty on 24 counts, but convicted of street gang terrorism and sentenced to prison. He was released a short time later, but didn't last long on the outside. He was gunned down himself in 2020. Meanwhile, Maurice Jimerson remained behind bars, presumed innocent by the law, unable to make bail as time ticked on. 
Finally, in early 2023, 10 years after the shootings, Maurice got his day in court. The trial took two weeks, but the jury could not reach a unanimous verdict, and the judge announced a hung jury. Doherty County District Attorney Gregory Edwards immediately announced that he intended to try the case again, and sent Maurice back to prison to await a second trial. He remains there because he cannot afford to pay the $400,000 bail. Because Maurice is poor, he has lost 10 years of his freedom, even though he is still presumed innocent, and nobody seems to care. This is the dark side of justice in America, where we lock up people even before they are found guilty, if they're not rich. Why? Because we're one of the only countries that still require the accused to pay money to the state before they're convicted. This draconian practice has destroyed countless lives while lining the pockets of bail bondsmen and private prison shareholders, and it needs to stop. This is the philosophy of crime, and I'm your host, James Renner. The idea of bail is at least 1,500 years old. It was the solution to a very serious problem at the time. You see, uncivilized Germanic tribes had pushed their way into Great Britain, and with them, they brought retribution as a form of justice. Back then, these tribes would settle disputes with brute force. If a man assaulted another man, the only real justice for the victim was to retaliate in kind. And that was accepted. This unsettled the English natives, who suggested that instead of using the old eye-for-an-eye tradition, Disputes could be settled by people other than the perpetrator and his victim. Instead of retaliating with force, a victim could ask to be compensated in money or goods, and someone other than the perpetrator, his family perhaps, could provide the payment, which was called a pledge, and later bail. A family member could literally bail them out of trouble with money. In return, the victim would promise to not pay him back by killing him. So you know... That was better, a step in the right direction. Eventually, the idea of bail became a part of the court system itself, a way to guarantee participation in the law. Whenever a man was charged with a serious crime, the court would ask for a bail to be paid in exchange for him to remain free until a trial could be held to determine guilt. The bail was the criminal's incentive to return to court. It could be paid by himself or his family and friends. If he showed up for trial, he got the bail money back. If he skipped town, well, at least the court got a little money for its trouble. It was, of course, a lot easier to slip away back then. There was no social media, after all, and sometimes not even a birth certificate. So it happened all the time. This concept followed us to the New World, and bail found its way into the laws written by the young United States. But then an unexpected problem arose. America grew and grew, and families spread out across the country. So when a man got into some trouble, more and more, he was on his own. There was no family around to bail him out. So what was he to do? Should he be punished for being all alone in the world? That hardly seems fair. A solution was found. Companies could stand in for families. Bond companies were created, which would pay the state the money owed in exchange for a small fee from the victim usually 10%. So if a man was given a bail of $10,000 for murder, he had to pay a bond company $1,000 to go free until the trial. 
Bail is the payment a defendant is required to pay. A bond is what is given by a company to satisfy this debt. So it became the bond company's responsibility to make sure the defendant came back to court, which gave rise to bounty hunters. At trial, the court would reimburse the bond company the $10,000, meaning the company made $1,000 in profit from the alleged criminal. But at least he got out. A win-win, right? Not so fast. This is the capitalist answer to the problem. And what it ultimately does is profit off the poor. A wealthier man can afford to pay the bail and then recoup it all after the trial. But a poor man who can't afford to pay is forced to scrounge up 10%, which he will lose whether he's found guilty or not. England faced the same problem with the decline of family units in their country. But instead of finding a capitalist solution, they changed their laws to allow judges to waive bail if the defendant was destitute. Because of our policies in America, innocent men and women charged with crimes have become a commodity. The bail bonds companies make millions off the defendants who can pay, private prisons make millions off the incarcerated, and politicians enjoy contributions in return. If a man cannot pay his bail, he sits in prison until the day of his trial, which, because of the enormous backlog of cases in the U.S., could be years. Just look at poor Maurice Jimerson. More prisoners means more prisons, which means more construction and more correction officers. It's big business. According to the Prison Policy Initiative, there are currently around 400,000 people being detained in the United States awaiting trial. With 1.2 million people incarcerated in the U.S., that accounts for about a third of the entire prison population. There are 1,566 state prisons and 98 federal prisons. If we reformed our system and abolished cash bail, we could tear down 554 of those prisons and still have room left over for the remaining convicts. There's another danger inherent in the system as well. Prosecutors take advantage of the bail system and use it to coerce guilty pleas from innocent people. If you're a single mother with no one to take care of your kids while you wait for your day in court and you have no money for bail, you're much more likely to plead guilty in exchange for your freedom. Prosecutors across the country understand that if we were to reform bail, their percentage of wins would drop because innocent people can no longer be bullied into accepting guilt. And in turn, their enemies will call them soft on crime. Studies have also shown that putting people in prison to await trial increases the likelihood that they will commit more crimes when they are released. These presumed innocent people are also much more likely to be the victim of violence inside the walls of a prison than at their homes. There are other dangers, too. According to Will Snowden, the New Orleans director of the Vera Institute of Justice, 80% of people who died from COVID-19 in Texas jails had not yet been convicted of a crime. And let's not forget the psychological toll that such a system causes in the minds of those people we lock up, who are still innocent in the eyes of the law. Take, for example, the story of Khalif Browder, a 16-year-old boy from the Bronx who was accused of stealing a backpack and sent to the adult prison on Rikers Island. He spent three years there, two in solitary confinement while awaiting trial because he could not afford bail. Eventually, the state realized it could not prove that this teen stole a backpack and the case was dismissed, 
but Khalif never recovered. He died by suicide in 2015. His mother found his body hanging from an air conditioner outside his bedroom window. Critics, of course, will say, wait, if we get rid of bail, what incentives do criminals have to actually show up for their trial? Well, let's forget for a moment that we already have a more humane solution to this with ankle monitors that allow charged defendants to continue working and living at home. There's actually no evidence that bail even works as an incentive. In 2019, the borough of Manhattan enacted sweeping bail reform, getting rid of bail entirely for misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies. Studies by the Vera Institute show that defendants still showed up to court 98.4% of the time without bail. It's all bullshit, people. The United States is founded on the principle that all men are created equal, that we enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it has become crystal clear as long as bail exists, there is no real liberty in the United States. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. What is liberty? What does it really mean to be free? Have you ever really thought about it? A man named Isaiah Berlin devoted his life's work to thinking about liberty. Berlin was born in Livonia in 1909 
then a part of the Russian Empire. His father owned one of the largest timber companies in the region, and his childhood was spent near the mills and the rivers that carry the trees downstream. His family was decidedly upper class because of this until the revolution in 1917. After that, their capitalist status made them a target for the Bolsheviks at a time when anyone who was opposed to the new regime could end up dead. When he was seven, as the flames of revolution were beginning to spread, Berlin witnessed something that changed the way he saw the world. He was on a walk with his family through the city when a group of revolutionaries overpowered a sniper who was working for the Tsar, the Russian king. The boy Berlin watched as this man was dragged from a building by a mob and met with, quote, a not very agreeable fate. He later said witnessing such a thing at such a young age gave him a permanent horror of violence which remained with him for the rest of his life. Fearing for their safety, Berlin's father moved the family to Britain in 1920. There, Berlin excelled at philosophy in school and became a star of the Junior Debating Society. He went on to study philosophy at Oxford, where he received top honors in his class, and was given a prize fellowship, the first Jew to receive this honor. Berlin returned to teach at Oxford for the rest of his life. In fact, he died there in 1997 at the age of 88. His obituary, which ran in The Independent, called him, quote, the world's greatest talker, the century's most inspired reader, one of the finest minds of our age, end quote. The work for which Berlin is most known for is a lecture he gave in 1958 called The Two Concepts of Liberty. In this lecture, Berlin claims that there are two kinds of liberty, negative liberty and positive liberty. But don't think of them as bad liberty and good liberty. The meaning of negative and positive here is more like yin and yang, or two sides of a coin. Negative liberty is the sort of liberty that describes what we are free from. Positive liberty is the sort of liberty that describes what we are free to. Free from and free to. Let me explain. Negative liberty concerns itself with how we are free from external restraints from a government that tells us how to act. In the United States, we enjoy the negative liberties of freedom of religion and freedom of speech. At least in practice, the state government cannot force us to join a certain religion or tell us what we can or cannot say. We remain free. Positive liberty can be thought of as self-mastery, the freedom to act as we will. In order to experience true positive liberty, we should be provided a liberal education so that we gain the wisdom to act in our own best interest. Only through education can we achieve this self-determination, this autonomy, the ability to know what is best for us. This is the freedom to think for ourselves. Consider Florida. When the state took away books that challenge critical thinking, books that provide different viewpoints beyond evangelical Christian traditions, it removed the positive liberty of the children, who should be presented with all information, to have the freedom to act as they will, to be who they wish to be. Are we really free if we're told what to think? Fascist states take away liberty and tell their subjects how they can act and what they can believe. A truly free state would not limit the freedom of its citizens for any reason, and it would not tell them what to think. We lack negative liberty in the United States when we impose bail on people who still enjoy the presumption of innocence in our judicial system. 
That is not a practice of a free society. It is, in fact, a tool of a fascist regime. 400,000 people are being held in prisons in the United States while being presumed innocent. And that seems contradictory. If we presume they are innocent, why are they being treated exactly like convicted criminals? Bail goes against millennia of common sense law. In 6th century Roman courts, the maxim was, proof lies on him who asserts, not on him who denies. The Talmud says, every man is innocent until proven guilty. Hence, the infliction of unusual rigors on the accused must be delayed until his innocence has been successfully challenged. Islamic law as well puts the burden of proof on the accuser. So why do we continue? Beyond the simple answer that there's a lot of money to be made, I think we do it mostly because we have always done it. It's the status quo. And we Americans are stubborn to change. But maybe... With 400,000 innocent people behind bars, this tradition has finally become untenable. In July of this year, 2023, Illinois became the first state in the union to abolish cash bail. The Slate legislature passed the Pretrial Fairness Act, which ends cash bail completely, back in 2021. But prosecutors and police immediately challenged the new law, and its implementation was delayed by the courts until the summer when the Illinois Supreme Court rejected their arguments in a 5-2 ruling, affirming that bail, as defined by the Constitution, does not require money, and that abolishing cash bail does not harm victims. This landmark ruling refutes false narratives about cash bail, the ACLU wrote after the ruling. The truth is that abolishing cash bail improves public safety by allowing people to return to their communities and families who would otherwise be in jail only because they cannot pay for their freedom. When people can go home, take care of their families, and keep up with school or work, that stability makes all of our communities safer and stronger. In response, the Fraternal Order of Police called the ruling a slap in the face to those who enforce our laws and the people those laws are supposed to protect. Somewhere along the line, the Fraternal Order of Police forgot that until a verdict is read at trial, Everyone in this country is presumed innocent and are afforded the same protections from them as anyone else. We will soon see how Illinois, which includes the city of Chicago, notorious for violent crime, will fare without cash bail. It's an experiment in public policy and one that we should all watch with interest. The Philosophy of Crime is a Fearful Symmetry production. This episode was recorded by Jeff Koval at the State Level Recording Studio in Fairlawn, Ohio. It was produced and edited by William Mankey. I'm James Renner. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out my new weekly podcast, True Crime This Week. William Mankey also writes the music for this podcast. Look for his other creations at woodif.com. Until next time, remember that there's a simple but challenging solution to the epidemic of crime. If everybody took the time to make good friends with their neighbors, we would know when somebody needs our help before they become a statistic. Don't be fearful of the world. Make friends and make it better. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.